Natasha Ritchie with your daily takeaway from the Home Time Show. I've got a question for you. It's actually uh-huh. quite a, a natural world question, really. What would you say is your favourite season of the year? See, I don't really, I don't really understand seasons. What? I don't really get it. I don't really understand seasons. Can you? <laughs> I know that there's like winter and summer, but I don't, I don't really know like autumn or. I, I never know what order they're in. Gen- genuinely, I don't know if there's like an issue well, with you, me. Well, no, no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's not an issue with you. You're one of the most normal people I know. Well, thank you. Let's 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 slow this down. So let's see if you can build the seasons of the year in a, in order. Okay. So what do you think? Uh, let's start in January. What do you think we're in in January? Winter. Brilliant. And then it just goes to summer. I don't know whether no. it goes to autumn <laughs> or spring it goes or something. To spring. But I, I've never known. Where's that from? Who says that? <laughs> what do Genuinely. you mean? Who says it? I've always had a problem with, with with the seasons. I know the two big ones, the main ones, winter and summer. Yeah. Why don't we just have them and do away with the other marginal ones? You know, the <laughs> on the edge ones. <laughs> do they have? Here is a genuine question. Yeah. Because. Oh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show some solidarity and we can both look like idiots. OK. Do they have seasons in other parts of the world? Well, like, say, if you were in the Antarctic, is there, like, a springy bit or whatever? Yeah, or, like, you know, in, if you lived in Cairo, do they have autumn? Do, like, leaves fall from trees? Or is it just one big summer? Or is it one big summer? That's a, good, that's a really good point. That is a good point. It's, I think it's too confusing. Let's just have yin and yang, one I or the only other. ask that question because it is kind of... Strictly speaking, autumn now, and it's my favourite. It? It's yeah. See, it's I didn't September. know that. I, I thought this is still the summer. No, 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 no. It's autumn now. Lights beginning to fade, cooling a little bit. Trees falling off the trees. Everything's preparing to die. See, as far as I'm concerned, this is still summer. It's still summer until I don't know. It goes really cold, and then it's the winter. If you live in Cairo, let us know. Do you have autumn? The daily takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Now, I don't know whether you can see from uh, your side of the desk, but uh, how are my uh, legs and my calves uh, looking today? What, this is after. What the a... hell kind of start of the show <laughs> is this? <laughs> I did a 10 mile bike ride last night with me neighbour Gary across uphill, down dale, and all sorts of places. Well, you and Gary had a fine old we time, had a aren't fine you? old time. Just about made it back before dusk. Brilliant. It's a good old evening. Got up this morning to, uh, to cycle to school with Rocco. Massive puncture. Oh, that's a Flat as a pancake. So I pumped her up uh, and uh, managed to get to school and Gary back. Gary had gone home by this point. <laughs> he had indeed. Got to school and back, but uh, before I came into work, it, it's, it's flat again. The thing is, I used to cycle everywhere as a teenager, to and from school, out and about the weekends, that kind of stuff. I changed many, many wheels and fixed many, many punctures. At the age of 46 right now, it's all disappeared. I'm looking at this bike, I'm thinking, I don't know where to start doing this puncture. Well, it's, well, I mean, I, it's one of the, I do know still how to do it. I don't know how to do very many practical things, I'll be completely honest with you, like car stuff. Wouldn't have a clue in a million years, but I, do, I think if I had to... Push comes to shove, and I had to change a puncture. I think I'd be okay. But is that because you've been cycling a lot more recently as an adult? So you've you've had the chance to? Because I haven't. I've had the cycling wilderness years, and oh, I'm, yeah. now I'm back on it. And I do not have any of that teenage knowledge that I had. What you what gives me inspiration on it on a daily basis when I cycle to work is I remember when we were doing the the, the walk up Snowden. Jeremy went past that mountain bike guy whose yeah. chain had exploded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he was having a, having a hand link, his chain. And they were like, you know them snakes used to have as a kid? Yes. He was having to do that, but on a mountainside. Oh, man. So if he can do that, 
surely we can change a tyre. Well, surely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to get done for tomorrow's school run, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's causing me headaches at the moment. Anything you've completely forgotten the knowledge of? Well, I mean, you know, you look back at stuff that you train yourself with and then, and then it goes. Like at one point, when I was getting ready for my biology A-levels, I knew the, the life cycle of like a lobster and yeah. a shrimp and all that kind of thing. Also, back in my, uh, my silver service days. I love hearing about down, your silver service days. It's in my second book of the trilogy <laughs> uh, in Berryhead Hotel in Brixham. I we used to spend the, the bit before the shift folding the red napkins for the restaurant into these amazing swans. Couldn't do it now? Couldn't do it in a million years. Don't know how you do it. James says, swing a golf club every single weekend. Uh, Miles says, try to change the tyre on my road bike. The wire beading made it impossible. The tyre has been destroyed trying to get it back on. See, th- I mean, I don't even know what that means. This is, that's where I'm at. I've no idea what I'm doing. Well, I mean, like, like I say, I feel like I, I could know how to do it if that was like my racer, but I've got a Brompton that I cycle in out of silly little foldy bike, clown bike, uh, cycling out of uh, central London on. But when that, that got a puncture about two or three months ago, I went over like a spring down the back of the Savoy and it, it was like a geezer of air came out of it. And I wouldn't touch that, trying to change that with a bar- barge pole just because it's really high pressure little tyres. Yep. So I had to take it. Sometimes it's worth getting an expert to do it. Becky says, I've forgotten how to complete a Rubik's Cube. Used to be able to do it in two minutes. I can now only do the top and two rows. Completely forgotten how to finish it. Like, I, I can't do a Rubik's Cube, so fair enough. But is two minutes that good? There's, there's people at these conventions and doing like three seconds. I, I, I speaking as someone who's never, never, ever finished one. I don't. I, I think two minutes is is admirable. Oh, I couldn't be bothered. I'd I'd want, still going. I'd rather smash it to pieces. Uh, Adam says I haven't forgotten, but driving is very lazy these days as new cars are so automated. I really struggle with my wife's car. It has a handbrake, no reversing camera, and I have to hunt down how to activate the wipers. <laughs> Really stressed out, isn't he? Uh, Jay, what have you forgotten how to do? I worked as a chef doing um, hospitals, nursing homes, schools. I did it for about 15 years. Last 12 years, I've worked in the building trade, and now I cannot even boil an egg. <sighs> so all your, like, chefing knowledge has gone out your ear or whatever. Are you, back in the day when you were a chef, did you have a speciality meal that you now can, can no longer make because you've lost the skills? My, my favourite meal to make was the stroganoff. Um, Preferably vegetarian because of my then other half, but I used to make a mean mushroom stroganoff. I can't make anything now. <laughs> what a shame! I would imagine you would be the envy of the site if, on some camping stove in the the core of the site, you're you're whipping everyone up a mushroom stroganoff and you couldn't do it. Well, it'd be lovely if I could do it still, to be fair. Well, let's let's look at the positives here. Your your chefing career is kind of behind you, but what thing can you now do on a building site that you couldn't do when you were a chef? <laughs> Oh, gosh, the amount of things that I can do now compared to what I could do back then, there's no comparison. Give us an example. Pick one thing out of the air, one thing. Go on. Today I've had to change a bath because someone has dropped a mirror in it and broken the bottom. So in a day, I've taken the bath out, put a new one in, tied it up, all done. The person's got a nice new bath when they get home from work. Yeah, who needs to boil an egg anyways? Hell with it. Good to talk to you, Jay. Thank you very much. Have a good day. I used to be pulled out in front of the class at my swimming club to demonstrate the butterfly stroke. I was that good at it. But as soon as I became an adult, tries to get it, I get nowhere. Just look like a drowning idiot. Well, it, this. that's because the butterfly is ridiculous. It's an inherently ridiculous thing to do if you're in a swimming pool. Yeah, it looks spectacular if you've done it, done it right, though.
I, I wouldn't have never been anywhere near it. <laughs> you always see one person. You ever go to like organised pool where they've got lanes? There's always one joker doing it. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? And always in an organised pool in lanes, you hate that person because their arms are flying all over the place. Well, and what they do, I, again, we don't want to change this to a swimming thing, but like what they'll do is it's someone who clearly needs to be in the intermediate lane, but yeah. they like to slum it with the slow people to overtake them. <laughs> Hopefully, one of our hometown listeners is a butterfly swimmer in the car right now, and this is speaking to their core. Uh, this is an interesting one given that we are taking a load of home time listeners bowling for Absolute Radio's 15th birthday. Sign up now, absoluteradio.co.uk. Mark says, I used to be able to spin the ball when 10-pin bowling. I'll get a strike or a spare every single time. Don't know what that is. I'll just bowl it straight now and rarely get either. You can get Mark on your team for our big night coming up. What's spare is in spare rib? What's he talking about? No, spare is when in your two bowls you knock down like six and then maybe get the other four and the other one. So you lost me. <laughs> uh, Simon, what have you forgotten how to do? Um, well, back in, the, back in the day, back in the 80s, you know, the dance craze at the time was robotics for me uh-huh. and um, um, and I used to you know like cut a rug a little bit and um, mm-hmm. had some moves I cannot remember a single move now what was your <laughs> what were your kind of main robotics moves then uh, Simon was well, the one where you go over the window the pretend window or swingy arm that's <laughs> malfunctioned yeah kind of like the swingy arm the malfunctioning and the, the kind of like the, the mannequin that comes to life sort of thing you know that uh, so um, but, very Peter uh, Crouch some kind of picture <laughs> I even got to a, like a dance battle once, you know, at a, a school disco, and it was just like, oh my goodness, I've got to try and do this now. Could, can you? Could you moonwalk? Could you do backwards walking, a bit like Michael Jackson? Um, I, I, I tried to. <laughs> I reckon if you worked on it, you could get this back and be on an upcoming Britain's Got Talent or something or other. Well, I, I, you know, I'm not sure about that. I what mean, do you do you know, now, like, Simon? What's your current line of work and, and status? I, 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 work, I work for the army now. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, be, a, I'm a reaper graphics technician. <laughs> the reaper, the robotic soldier is not really a look, is it? It's, it's not. Well, you, no, no. Although I think of the future, maybe, but not not for me. <laughs> well, keep, come back to us when you're near retirement age and get straight on a Britain's Got Talent. Great stuff. We'll do. Yeah. Um, Gemma says, "What's worse than some fall swimming at you doing butterfly stroke? That person being Nick Cotton." <gasps> to me a few years ago I'm still traumatised wow so let's just get let's just get this right because we don't want this to just pass us by and be lost in the kind of chaos of this radio show she was swimming along and yeah. Nick Cotton from EastEnders did the butterfly pasta incredible scenes I don't, I don't know how to like, deal with that. That would blow my mind. Must wear a swimming cap, surely, because the, Nick, Nick Cotton's hair would have gone everywhere. All that kind of like yeah. you know, greasy, <laughs> the brill cream. Surely he would have sw- swum past and said, hello, Ma. Gemma, more details, please. Uh, yeah, please. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Can I just say, I can't get over how rubbish that lad's jailbreak was at the weekend. <laughs> It's, it's still, it's still really like I don't know. It's still really stuck to me. You know the lad who escaped from Wandsworth Prison, mm-hmm. Daniel or whatever his name was. And uh, let me just explain. Um, Shawshank Redemption is my favourite film. One of my favourite films of all time. Such a great film. Great, great film. And it's you know it's a brilliant prison escape and all the stuff behind the picture and the tiny hammer and all this kind of thing. So when, when, when it was on the tw- the rolling news that this lad had escaped, I was I was invested. I was all in. It's <laughs> getting the popcorn because I was thinking, Joe, I mean this this could be a story that's going to develop over a few days. But sadly, uh, Andy Dufresne, he is not. No, he's not. This guy. And anyway, he got off to a great start, if you recall. And to be like Mission Impossible, because he, um, he was clinging underneath, a, like, a fruit and veg van coming out mm-hmm. of the prison, amazing. He's underneath it, literally like uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And then he rolls out from underneath the food van in a gap in the CCTV, so you can't see him, vanishes into London. 
can't find them anywhere. Police have got no idea. And then there's loads of people going on on telly saying, well, obviously, he's like Ray Mears, this lad, because he's been in the military and all this kind of stuff. So I'm thinking they're not going to find him. He's gone. This could be out of here. And you know the worst thing is? Within four days, he's caught on a bike in Chiswick. <laughs> he didn't even escape London. Someone just said on Twitter yesterday, he's, he's not just let us down, he's let himself down. How can you not even get out of London? Wandsworth to Chiswick is 4.8 miles, right? I looked at it on Google Maps. That means he's done 1.2 miles a day. Someone, someone messaged me last night saying they've got lost on a night out and gone further than them. So I just think, uh, I'm really disappointed because I thought this could be a Robin Hood-esque mm-hmm. uh, story that was going to develop over maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah. A hunt, for, a manhunt for him, but um, he was just on a bike in Chiswick. <laughs> really disappointed. Very disappointed. So, what I thought we would do this hour to, you know, let's make something good of this because it's, it's ended quicker than I thought it was going to end. Why don't we do a little feature called Disappointed? If something has disappointed you or not lived up to expectations uh, in, the, in the past week or so or recently or maybe even today in your life, based on this slightly useless jailbreak that we've had develop in front of us in the past few days here in the United Kingdom, get in touch and tell us about it. Twirl orange. A twirl orange? I love a twirl. I love all things that are chocolate and orangey uh, and saw a twirl orange, uh, a limited edition kind of thing, in a yeah. petrol station the other day. Thought, oh, I'm all over that. Got it. Drove a few miles down the road. Uh, thought, right, open this up. I was expecting it to be more orangey. I, really, see, I don't really like the mix of orange and chocolate. I'm not, like, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of it. Oh, I love it. Like, I, was, I was just I was expecting a bit more tang in there. Equally, to be even-handed, they've done a mint one. That's lovely. See, I'm not a big fan of mint either. <laughs> Do you like chocolate? Well, you have to be like 70 years old to enjoy chocolate-mint <laughs> combo, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Uh, Sarah says this margarita, she sent a photo of it uh, and she adds there's no salt around the rim. Got to have salt around the rim. I use that as my mantra, that's for sure. Ken's got in touch with us to say, started watching Ted Lasso, got onto the final season, final episode, and it's in French. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Uh, that's the point of this hour of the show. We're calling it disappointed. If someone's not lived up to expectations, have a post-weekend moan to us. Burger King Whopper-flavoured Doritos, says this text message. Hmm. Saw them in the supermarket on Saturday and was very excited. Never again. Now... I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't know that was a so thing. So I am at the stage that that person was when they saw them in the supermarket on Saturday because I'm very excited by that and I will try. Well, why didn't you like? Why don't they like them though? Give us some intel. Come back. Come, come back and tell us. Do you know what I mean? Don't Eight, just write 12, them off. 15, Let us know. Uh, ben says the price of corned beef. Since when has it been four quid a tin? It has got incredibly expensive, but it's a little mini escape room if you take it in for lunch with you with the key in that. Uh, Kaz is on the line right now. Kaz, what disappointed you, mate? Uh, the London Mission. Museum. People have been putting on Facebook. It was a nice, cheap, or free museum to go to. So I took the kids along, and uh, I think we're in and out in fifteen minutes. Oh, so I don't even know what Mithraeum is. Isn't that um, that um, like pretend currency that people um, <laughs> trade in? No, it's the there's a, an old Roman temple a few stories down and you go in and they're like oh there's this light show thing and it's just completely underwhelming the kids are proper excited i've clearly bigged it up far too much that and, sounds like my uh, cup of tea to be honest I've with you i've got to be honest maybe it's the wrong audience because i i'm all over an underground temple could you could you take the pair of us next weekend <laughs> yeah. we'd love oh, that next, I'd, I'd love to go with you guys it'd be, probably be a bit more fun but um, so essentially I think we're getting to the bottom of this it's the kids that ruined it that, isn't it it's, it's nothing, not wrong, the, nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with the mythrium it was the summer holidays let's be honest 
There we go. We got there in the end. Lovely to speak to you. And we'll book in next weekend. <laughs> Brilliant. See you then. Mike says, just got back from holiday. Uh, I saw an 18% of an alligator, which was no bigger than an average Labradoodle, after going all the way to Florida and joining a Boggy Creek airboat tour. <laughs> and then upgrading to the longer tour. Hot, loud and a letdown. <laughs> wow. Speaking of another tourist one, uh, this text says, we were very disappointed with Land's End. So uh, underwhelming. Now, I, I've, I've been heard to, that. I've been to Land's End and to get to the actual end bit, you have to pay. Really? That's Surely that's everyone's bit of land, isn't it? You'd have thought. It's the end of the country. Yeah. Well, that is, that's end of days, even here and now. I didn't even know that. Uh, staying with that tourist theme, we've got Tracy on the line. Tracy, tell us about your disappointment. Do you know what? I got upgraded to business class, and I was thinking, oh, how fantastic. What a great way to start the holiday. I was looking forward to my breakfast. Didn't do the Mackie D's breakfast, thinking, lovely. Got snuggled down into business class. Hello, how are you? And they come along, we're just about to serve your breakfast. Ooh. I get handed a shriveled up chicken sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen more meat in a sausage roll and a pot of natural yogurt with um, three grapes on the side. <laughs> wow, so obviously you're fuming because business class, I mean, I've never been anywhere near business class in my entire life, but it, it does sound like luxury. What were you expecting in your mind for breakfast? Just like a nice greasy fryer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I, I would have expected posher than that? I would have thought like some kind of uh, poached egg, maybe salmon, hollandaise, uh, maybe a bit of uh, uh, Buck's Fizz, maybe even for breakfast. Some kind of royal I, breakfast. I did have that, I am not going to oh, lie. But I needed okay. that to kind of wash down all the other rubbish. You had to take the edge off the chicken sausage. I had to. I had to. I've never Shriveled. seen something horrendous in my whole life. So will you something be joining... I possibly couldn't repeat. Would you be joining the rest of us in cattle class then in the future instead of business class then? Do you know what? After business class, I would even put myself in the hold. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really would. Um... It looked dead. I was dead inside after that. I love it. If you were in a hot situation over the weekend, tell us about it. You need some credit. Uh, we certainly were. Uh, Mike was. Uh, says I was in a scout hall with no windows and just oh. two doors open uh, with a bouncy castle and 26 young children and about the same amount of adults. That sounds awful. I'm, I feel like I'm going to pass out even thinking about it. <laughs> hot weekend. Been asking you to get in touch if uh, you got up to an activity that was really unsuitable uh, for it. Do you remember I was sharing uh, on Friday how I was looking forward to going on my uh, vintage tube train ride? Oh, did you do that on the Saturday? That was Saturday afternoon, 31, 32 degree heat in London, making my way to the vintage tube train ride on uh, modern day air-conditioned trains. Uh, Got there. This thing's absolutely beautiful. 85 years old, but back in 1938, I don't think anywhere had air conditioning, (laughs) let alone an old tube train. The one thing it did have was the old sort of like drop window so there was a breeze going through when it moved but when it was just parked up not doing anything honestly every single train enthusiast on there and we aren't all the prettiest people you'd have all melted uh, in your mouths <laughs> we were melting away inside uh, they actually said uh, like no food or drink in there because obviously it's like beautiful pristine old train yeah. all would have melted away would have ruined the thing it's got vibes of Tenko. Do you remember that thing? Very much so. There's one for the kids. Absolutely sweating on there. And also, those windows that you don't see very often now where people, you just pull them open. Yeah. Mind you, like, you know when you've got a kid that's not feeling very well on a school trip <laughs> yeah. on the bus? 
that's a nightmare to be trapped in. And there's a lot of other people who've been in similar situations. Chris says, uh, decided at the last minute to paddle 14 kilometres out of Norwich for a charity event. <laughs> Stifling wasn't the word. 10,000 paddle strokes in 30 degree heat. For- fortunately, a couple of watering holes were found along the way. Completed the challenge and raised loads of cash for a great cause, supporting bereaved children. Good on you, Chris. Well done. But that's 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 hardcore 14 kilometres in that kind of heat. Very much so. The watering holes probably make it worthwhile. Well, let's go to the phones and speak to Milo. Milo, what were you up to that was roasting hot? Oh, I'm a food photographer, so we were shooting Christmas and uh, it was brutal because we're in a blackout studio, uh, 40 degree plus topping and we've got turkeys cooking. Oh, <laughs> oh. Sounds like a hellish Br- thing, that. It's br- it was it's brutal. I, I got my day year after year. It never gets easier. It's just, you just have to dig deep and... The hardest thing is the client is looking at it thinking, well, it doesn't feel Christmassy because it's 40 degree heat. So you end up putting some Michael Bublé on, setting the atmosphere and trying to sell them in on the shot. It's, it's hard, man. Wow, so you're already but, struggling as it is because it's really hot and then you've got turkey wafting at you. Then you add Bublé into the yeah. mix. It's going to push you over the edge. I mean, yeah, you go full Christmas. Let's, let's be honest. You've got to dig deep and, uh, you know, you give up to it. It's, uh, the ball balls are out. Steady. I respect what you do as a job, though, Milo, because I couldn't do it. If if I was a food photographer, there'd be nothing left, nothing left to shoot by the end of the day. Yeah, you have to watch the waistline a little bit, if I'm honest. <laughs> but is it is it true that like a lot of the sometimes some of the stuff that you see that's a, uh, something that's being pho- uh, photographed as food is actually just fake or plastic and stuff like that? No, it's mo- it used to be. It used to always be like that. But now it's kind of you go with the real thing. Like most of the people clients that I use, the food has to be real. Um, it has to be achievable if it's a recipe. So there's sort of legal elements to it now as well. So we try and make it as real as possible. I mean, I've yeah, shot for all sorts over the years. And, yeah, there's all sorts we get up to. This food but, photography it, chat is not helping my hunger levels as we come towards the end of the yeah, show. It's getting more and more starving. <laughs> well, it's amazing to chat to you, fella, and hang in there. Okay, this is the Daily Takeaway. Daily takeaway. So, there you go. There's the show. We yeah. were saying at the very beginning about uh, favourite seasons and all that kind of thing. Do, do you feel, uh, clothing-wise, you fit into a particular season? Just to return to that conversation for a second. Spring. See, again, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know why they ask the question. I am the visual representation of spring. But, but what is that as a clothing example? Shorts and T-shirt. That's summer, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm fat, so I'm ready for it in spring. <laughs> 